we've got a few minutes yet before the umpire calls batter up. And that's a good time for you to get set behind that grand glass of Valentine Ale or Bear. Yes, sir, it's time for those two Bs, baseball and Valentine. That combination's so good that I'm suggesting you take a quick trip to the refrigerator for a bottle right now. Or if you're listening in there at your favorite tavern, don't just ask for an ale or a beer, but ask that man for Valentine Ale and Valentine Beer. And now you're set for a swell afternoon of baseball and Valentine. Hi. Uh, hi. Hi, Ben. Hello. Welcome to Baseball Prospectus's daily podcast, Effectively Wild. Thank you. Uh, I don't know what number we're on uh, because I can't actually. I tried to check the site. One, to see. 126, I believe. Uh-huh. Well, we'll never know. If we had not done a podcast, we would have ended the week on a multiple of five. It's not too late. People don't know. <laughs> People don't know that we're talking right now. Well, they don't have to know. Yeah, let's let's keep going. Uh, so it turns out that Justin Upton, um, all the theories for that you offered for why Kevin Towers was shopping him or why we were hearing so many trade rumors, really just came down to the Diamondbacks didn't like the cut of his jib. Yeah, do you believe that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I really do. Man. It was always the. It seems like it was always the most likely uh, explanation and. I, I would think that even if it's not how what started the thing, even if maybe the first uh, the first time they floated him out there was totally innocent, uh, my guess is that that's the sort of thing that would cause some tension between a club and a player anyway. Um, and uh, so the, it, things probably got worse. It's <laughs> my guess. Sure. Let me read from Ken Rosenthal's article for people who haven't. Uh, Kevin Towers said we never had to kick him in the rear to play. Speaking of Upton, he wanted to be in the lineup, even when hurt, no negatives. Uh, and then Towers, though, did not dispute the perception that the Diamondbacks were trying to add, quote-unquote, grinders, specifically citing Prado and one of the top prospects in the deal, shortstop Nick Ahmed, as players who fit the mold. That's the way Gibby played the game, Towers said. Uh, look at our coaching staff. That's the makeup of our coaching staff as well. That's how we won the NL West in 2011. Justin was part of the 2011 club. Different clubs like to look for different intangibles in players. We kind of like that grinding, gritty player, hard-nosed. I'm not saying that Justin isn't that type of guy. Ellipsis. I don't know if he actually ah. said el ellipsis, <laughs> but that's how Ken Rosenthal transcribed it. Uh, the different clubs look for different intangibles is great. It's a great way of expanding all the possibilities for nonsense that you could say about a team. I mean, not that Towers uh, is saying nonsense, but um, if you want to say nonsense about a team, that line will come in very handy for you someday. Because if, 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 if different teams are looking for different intangibles, then sure, anybody could fit in any team for all you know. Right. Thank you because of his intangibles. Uh, we're not here to talk about the Justin Upton trade, though. We're not? I don't think so. No, I don't want to talk about it. Oh. I thought we were going to do our final email show of the email season. That was the plan uh, before the Justin Upton trade. I assumed well, you would want to talk about the Justin Upton trade. But we've I, talked about, yeah, I, guess, I mean, we've talked about Justin Upton trades about nine times. <laughs> we certainly have. So I don't have, I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to say? Uh, well, I don't know. Do you, do you like the trade? Just a, a yes, no 
for for Arizona? Uh, I don't. I guess I don't. Um, I guess I think that it's a really good trade for Atlanta, and I'm not sure that Arizona had a choice, and I'm not sure Arizona because you know, I mean, they left themselves no choice. Partly because they left themselves no choice, but I mean, if they just didn't, maybe, if they just don't like the guy, if they just don't think he's he's a good ball player, if they don't think that he's good for the team, if they don't think he's likely to bounce back, I mean, uh, I'm assuming that they acted rationally based on their opinions, and I can't argue with their opinions. So I don't know. I mean, it seems like they could do better, and they did do better three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that fell apart. Um, I I. I guess I didn't. I the only thing I said about it on the Twitter was uh, I alluded to the idea of trading a guy too early instead of trading him too late. And with Upton, it seems like they probably traded him too early and too late. Uh, if they traded him a year ago, it would have been a lot bigger return. And my suspicion is that if they traded him next year, um, it's possible that they would have gotten a a, a better return. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did neither. They've. They, I mean, unless Upton, has, if he has another bad year. Uh, it will knock his value some. Although I'm not even sure how much it'll knock it. To be honest, I mean, if he if he replicates his bad 2012 season, I don't know that it does anything to his value compared to where it was this offseason. Yeah, uh, I mean, there are certainly people who think he will immediately be one of the best players in the game again. That he was playing hurt, uh, or that the change of scenery will help him to a, a moving to a more supportive staff. Um, but if I mean. How much of a role does this grinder thing play? I, I mean, if it if it's that they don't think he will ever reach his full potential in Arizona, that's one thing, I guess. Um, or if they just don't think that he's as good as his his early career suggested he was, then then I guess it's defensible. If this if this gritty thing is actually driving the trade um man i don't know it's i mean it's not as if they and maybe they were just not wanting to trash a guy on his way out uh but they were not saying that he was some kind of clubhouse cancer or some sort of pariah or something he he played hard and yet didn't play grittily or grindily (laughs) and I, i mean the way kevin towers frames it is it's as if he is, I mean, it's as if he's starting from what Kirk Gibson wants or what kind of player Kirk Gibson prefers to have or what kind of player he was and structuring the team around that. And doesn't it seem strange to build a team around a manager and a coaching staff? Well, if you think that you're going to get roughly equal value in a trade, right. then then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if, if you're basically just... Um, you know, if you're swapping, you know, one car for another car and they're equal value, uh, then sure, you pick the car that you like more. Um, and so if they actually felt like this was a fair return for Justin Upton, uh, then no, I don't, I don't mind them making that preference. The problem is that in most transactions that you make in life, you know, you kind of lose a little bit. There's, there's like there's fees and services charges that you know you get you have to pay or you don't quite find the perfect buyer for you and so each move you you usually lose a little bit of value on the move and so that's I think why there's a um, 
there's a there's generally a uh, kind of an inertia to the team that you have. You don't you know you don't want to have to turn the whole thing over, right? So you make what you have work, and I guess they. Um, I mean, my I don't know. My suspicion is sort of that it kind of got away from them, and that they early on they really thought, well, you know, we can we can trade this guy for a, a boatload of value, um, and by the end it got to where they sort of had to trade him, and uh, the course that that took to get there was like two years, and it was incremental, and it just sort of got away from them, and so they didn't end up getting as much as they would have hoped to, and that's probably a lesson. I mean, I think. If you're a team and you have a valuable 23-year-old, uh, you should probably not really take offers for him. <laughs> um, you, uh, I mean, obviously you listen to anything, but I think you need to really present yourself as being committed to that player, and um, and you know, don't let these rumors get out. Don't let the idea that you're listening get out. Just say what they all say. Say what 29 other GMs say, which is he's untouchable. And you know, there's really no harm in saying that, and there can be a lot of harm in not saying that. Okay. Last thing, I think I saw a tweet by Joe Sheehan who said something to the effect of the Diamondbacks would be better off today if, at the start of November. Uh, Kevin Towers had just gone on a, a six-month cruise to see the world and not and not done any general managing. Uh, do you agree with that? Because it's been a weird off-season. Yeah. I, if you take their moves individually, I, most of them probably didn't didn't have the greatest uh, public reaction. It seems like the the tide has sort of turned against. Kevin Towers being a good GM, which I, I mean, yeah. I think he he entered the offseason with a, a fairly strong reputation, right? He wasn't he wasn't anyone's like sabermetric uh, darling, but no, very strong reputation. Yeah, he'd been a GM forever and and was known for being pretty good at it. And he's made a series of moves that I guess. Uh, have been confusing, taken individually or taken in concert, uh, whether it's the the Bauer trade or this trade and all the the lead up to it, or I guess Chris the Young trade. Chris Young trade, Cody Ross Heath signing, Heath Bell. yeah, Heath Bell, Heath Bell. Uh, I guess people liked the Brandon McCarthy move, but other than that, it seems like not so great. Looking at them, either one on one after the other or together. Um, presumably he has a plan. He is not just making a bunch of silly decisions and ill-considered decisions. Uh, but do you agree that they should have sent him on a, on a world cruise? Uh, well, I mean, every, every team is better or worse. Uh, you know, the 15 teams are better and 15 are worse basically than they were in November. So I don't think that's saying a whole lot to say that the Diamondbacks, you know, had a below median, um, off season, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I think generally the moves have all been, um, they haven't been my favorite mm -hmm. and uh, it doesn't, I, 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 it actually makes me, I mean, I think I liked Kevin Towers coming into the off season and I assume that, you know, he continues to be the same human being. Right. Uh, so it, you know, it kind of makes me, uh, question, uh, it makes me question a little bit what my biases are that makes me dislike these moves so uh, so 
so much because um, I don't think Kevin Towers is probably going to make a habit of making uh, self-sabotaging transactions. I think with Bauer and Upton, um, you might be there might be a trend there, a little bit of a trend there yeah. with. Um, you know, I mean, basically, I I, th- I I I don't think I ever mentioned this with the Mets, but I, I sort of felt this way with the Mets and, and Ari Dickey, where um, you know, a lot of times it, it, when a player and a club have conflict, um, it kind of uh, you know, a lot of times the blame gets placed on the player for you know what he said something wrong at a Christmas party or he doesn't have enough grit or whatever. But I mean, the fact is that these guys, the players are. Essentially, I mean, they're, they're a high proportion of them are sociopaths. I mean, they're not they're not chosen to be they're not chosen because they're great people or because they're super mature or because they, um, you know, majored in philosophy at, at Yale and are super well grounded. I mean, they're kind of a lot of them are really kind of crazy. And it is the job of the front office to be the adults in the situation. And so I think that if um, if the personality conflicts with Bauer and or Upton and who knows? I don't know. Maybe other guys too um, are forcing them to make personnel moves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's sort of a systemic problem in the front office. That might not be the case, but that's sort of something I would be aware of. If right, I mean, you want a manager who can integrate a wide range of personalities on a team and have them all work together and pull together and. And presumably there are some guys who that just doesn't work and they just have irredeemable makeup and they can't play well with others and it's not the manager's fault. But when you start to see a a pattern or, I mean, I don't know if two moves makes a pattern, but uh, coming so close to one another, it, it seems to. When you have a team that seems to be saying that we just didn't want this type of player or, or it wouldn't have worked. Uh, and is choosing the manager over the talent, then it's perplexing. It is perplexing. So they won the division in 2011. <clears throat> uh, they did not win the division last year. Where they were, I, I don't know exactly, they were around 500 or so. And um, Do you feel like this offseason, uh, do, do you have a sense of what direction they're going? Are they trying to, do you feel like they're trying to win in 2011? 13 or are they trying to this actually these all kind of feel like they, it's weird because they actually feel like one-year moves they all feel like one-year moves mm-hmm. make them worse in the <laughs> like prado is a i mean i guess they'll you know as every team tries to do when they trade for a player without fail they'll try an extension but right. prado's one year um uh and i don't feel like whether they're able to resign him I feel like that's sort of divorced from the merit of the trade, right? Well, I mean, I don't, sort of. It, it gives it, you a better chance to to resign the guy, presumably, than you would have had had he been on the open market. Yeah, I haven't seen a study on the discount that clubs get mm-hmm. in such a, and I I I think that the there are probably are clubs who have studied this and know a dollar value uh, that you get. I mean, when the Phillies, for instance traded for Roy Halladay and then instantly signed him to a three-year $60 million extension that was like probably $30 million below market value and like four years below market value. Um, that, I mean, it's hard to total, totally separate those two things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the only team that got to do that. 
Um, but on the other hand, they're separate moves, and Hallett, there was no guarantee that Halliday would sign that extension. So I, I don't really know. I don't want to divorce them completely. Um, but on the other hand, I think that most of the time when a club trades for a player – they say that they're going to work on an extension and they certainly hope to keep them around. And then, you know, like I saw this with Granky and the angels, there was just, there was not one ounce of, um, relationship built there that would have suggested that they had any, uh, extra off, uh, opportunity to sign him than any other team. So mm-hmm. it basically like, it felt to me like, um, uh, I don't know. It felt fake. It felt like PR more than anything, or I don't know, maybe it felt like false hope or false optimism, but not a not a real asset. I don't feel like the, the Angels got that asset, and I don't know about the Diamondbacks. I mean, a year, a full year is a little bit different. Um, the Giants, for instance, uh, didn't sign Pagando an extension before he hit free agency, but they did re-sign him one year after they traded for him, and I think they got a below market deal on that. I mean, not significantly, but somewhat. So, yeah, I, I guess it's not a move that makes Arizona significantly worse if at all worse for this season um i mean i guess it would if upton would have become a a superstar if he had stayed but if he wouldn't have then uh, the upgrade from who would have been playing third base or or who would have been playing you know where prado will play to prado uh is not i mean it's probably more sizable than the the downgrade from upton to the next outfielder i would guess since they have such a a surplus of outfielders which they have kind of created themselves so uh, i guess that uh difference means this isn't a huge impact on the diamondbacks win total in 2013 uh it's just kind of beyond that that is the question yeah, well, that move specifically, I think that that you can make. The, that's actually kind of why I think that they're playing for uh, for 2013, um, because I, I think that you can make the case that that move makes them stronger. Um, but like the Chris Young move was um, sort of not that, and um, it, I think the Bauer move was kind of not that. Mm-hmm. I, Bauer probably has more value this year than. Gregorius does, and uh, I'm trying to even remember, was Heath Bell part of the Chris Young move? Yeah, right? Or, uh, let me look. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was, that was a three-team thing he was involved in. I wonder how much, I mean, I'm sure this was reported, but do you remember how much money uh, the Mons were eating of Bell's contract? Uh, I do not remember, but it was weird that the Diamondbacks got Pennington in that trade, who seems like he would probably be better than Gregorius for this season, I would think. Huh. Or, I mean, I, I mean, he's the same type of player, right? And he's a guy who, if you believe defensive metrics, has been a fairly valuable player, even when he doesn't hit. And then they replaced him or at least supplemented him with a kind of a younger version of him I, I guess a, a more promising or talented player but another guy in the same mold of a, a defense first player who doesn't hit all that much or hasn't hit all that much so they took on 13 million dollars of Heath Bell's contract for two years <laughs> which seems like probably the worst move that they've made yeah I mean, 
I don't know. It's still kind of a pretty good team. <laughs> like, I, I mean, there's certainly enough team there that that they could win the division. There's absolutely no reason to think that they're like out of it. They've got they've got seven pitchers plus Delgado, um, and they're good pitchers. It's a good team. I mean, it's not a great team, but it's a it could be a good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. You could have a good team, Kevin Towers. I- I'm, seriously, I think this is actually. I think that they they could win this division, and it's going to foul up all the narrative because then Ke- does Kevin Towers. I mean, what if they win the World Series this oh, year? It'll be the worst chemistry thing of all time. Oh man, we'll have to hear about that all year. I wonder if they're influenced at all by the Giants having won the World Series. I mean, I haven't heard a team uh, credit their success to chemistry more than the Giants like ever I mean they, that is like just such a pure chemistry story and I don't know if it's true or not but I mean that was just like such a chemistry narrative uh, especially in the second half after they got Scudero and everything and um, you know I, I just I wonder if the Diamondbacks are influenced by that at all if if they think I mean like after the the Rays you know in 2008 uh, had that great turnaround with their defense and then everybody wanted to, to you know like upgrade their defense I wonder if this is Kevin Towers wanting to like upgrade his grit because <laughs> new grit's the new money ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you know, before the Giants, it was the Cardinals, and the Cardinals were always gritty. I think, uh, in fact, I think Marco Scudero was on that team too. Hmm. He was technically under contract with the Red Sox, but I bet Marco Scudero was on that team. <laughs> All right. Well, we ended up talking about the Justin Upton trade. Yep. Um, I don't know how many of you heard the podcast yesterday because it, it wasn't available for hearing uh, for a large part of the day. But we talked about our plan beginning Monday and really for the next six weeks. And I guess I will mention that again in case you didn't hear it. We are temporarily uh, between now and, and I guess the first week of March or so abandoning the one-topic, two-topic format that has gotten us this far. And we are moving to a team preview format where Sam and I will be talking to one baseball prospectus author each day. Once in a while, uh, it will be one of us, but usually it will be someone else who wrote about a team in the annual in Baseball Prospectus 2013 this year. Uh, And we'll be talking to us and, and previewing that team season and recapping its off season and, and talking about its outlook. And we will be pairing those interviews with interviews of non BP writers, uh, beat writers and, and reporters, which will be done by our new intern, Pete Barrett, who has been hard at work lining up people. So uh, it will be one team per day, uh, five teams per week six weeks and we will talk about that team from a BP perspective and a non BP perspective and hopefully not repeat ourselves and uh, cover everything in an interesting way. And you can continue to email us at podcast at baseball com. We don't have dedicated email shows built into this schedule, uh, but maybe we will take a question now and then if we get a good one and tell us if you are enjoying the the format uh, or if you you wish that we would 
just go back to rambling aimlessly again, which we will eventually. Um, I don't. I don't know that I want them to to tell us. To be honest, I mean, we're basically committing to. Yeah, I mean, we're format. gonna do it anyway. This is yeah. So it's like if we get a haircut, and you just walk up and say your haircut sucks. Well, I'm stuck with it for a long time. So <laughs> I'd rather you not tell me that. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us if you like it. Uh, tell us. Tell us that you like it. Just tell us that you like it. Yes. We like those emails where people just say. Good job. I don't have a question or anything. You're just, it's just a virtual pat on the back. We send one to each other every day. <laughs> All right. So we're done. We will be back uh, with the first of those 30 team preview shows on Monday. So have a good weekend. And we hope the site will be fully functioning again and apologize for the fact that it has not been for the past couple of days. Uh, talk to you Monday.